Lyrics of the Hub, your fan cast, brought to you by TV Series Hub. Welcome back, Nerks. I'm Kelsey. I am joined by fellow Nerk Heaven. Hello, everybody. And we are so excited to have back one of our favorite guests, friend of the pod, Chad Michael Collins. Hey, everyone. What's up, <laughs> my fellow Nerks? Yeah, we are so excited to have Chad back on to talk about Call of Duty, uh, where he voices Alex, which is awesome. Yep, he's representing right now. If you guys could see the video, he's wearing his Call of Duty shirt because he's an awesome gamer. I have one t-shirt, so I have to rock it. (laughs) Uh, And we're going to talk about The Christmas Cabin, which is now on Amazon Prime. So we are really excited to talk about both of those. First off, let me just say, when I started playing Call of Duty, I didn't know that you actually get to play as Alex. And so when that happened, I was like, oh my God, I'm Chad. This is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you first get involved with Call of Duty? Uh, Call of Duty just came through the the traditional acting audition channels, really. It was, um, I didn't know it was Call of Duty. Everything was very uh, doctored, very top secret, very classified, if you will. And um, even when they sent audition materials, it was all NDA protected. And I had to sign off on all this sort of stuff, all the non-disclosure agreements and everything. So it wasn't until I booked the part about a month later and then was on set about a month and a half, two months later after that, that everyone kind of confirmed that this was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So it was um, it was kind of, uh, yeah, we put our context clues together and figured that it could be Modern Warfare, <laughs> could be Call of Duty, a Call of Duty game, just because we were doing scans and stuff like that down at Activision, and they're the publisher of this great franchise. Mm-hmm. So, But it wasn't until uh, we were actually on set that uh, the, the full curtain was kind of pulled back for us. So how was it Alex first described to you then? Uh, yeah, Alex was the cool thing about Alex was he was um, and, and the director and the writer told me this after the fact that um, Alex was the first role they wanted to cast because you'd be playing as him the most in the campaign. And you really got to see this very interesting story unfold mostly through his eyes as a result. So he was a guy who, you know, super highly trained at the highest levels of the military, his former Delta Force, um, basically gave up any personal life he had to then go CIA, uh, what's called SAD, Special Activities Division, no contact with family, changing your identity, a total spook, you know, definitely a top secret kind of commando. And because he was kind of a tool, you know, when, when you know, nations can't declare war on each other, and but there's still objectives to be done, right? Especially when fighting the war on terror. So Alex is one of those guys who gets in there, gets his hands dirty, rolls up his sleeves, him, gets embedded with the, the allies of the state to try to take down the big bads. And he does it all in a really clandestine fashion. But, you know, he's a guy who's kind of career military and he's kind of sick of being just sent over here. And then that mission is not even complete, but it's close enough. So then he gets sent over there. So as we see in this story, he kind of stands his ground because he's finally found freedom fighters, a cause he believes in. And so that was really an interesting piece of material I got to audition with with was um, kind of exploring that thing with Alex where he really wants to do good, but he feels like for all his skill sets, he can't be as effective as he wants to because the the powers that be don't let him see things through. Right. I feel like 
Okay, just to give you a little background, I'm normally the kind of person that doesn't pick a game where you shoot other people. And <laughs> just generally speaking, all the games I love. But the way you just described it makes me want to play this game so much more. It's clearly not just a shooty shooty bang bang game. Yeah, well, you know, the th- the, the thing about Call of Duty is um, they have these amazing single player campaigns that you get to go through. It's like an interactive movie. You know, if you guys have ever mm-hmm. seen Zero Dark Thirty or Lone Survivor, uh, 13 Hours, you know, any of these types of movies, that's literally what this game is, the single player campaign. It's a seven hour nonstop continuous movie. Cutscenes into gameplay, out of gameplay into cutscenes. It's it's literally like sitting in a movie theater, but you get to call the shots. Uh, the other component of Call of Duty, which is why it's so popular worldwide, is is the multiplayer aspect. Right. And that's just to shoot them up, get as many kills as you can, unlock all the special weapons and this and that, the kill streaks. This is what you know they do all these yeah. competitions worldwide, <laughs> and all these professional gamers play the multiplayer. But single player campaign is you know despite despite it being about war, which is not pretty. It's very gray. It's very morally ambiguous. You know we really want to tell a story that had heart, that had feeling, that had it created empathy, you know um, everybody on all sides of these equations are totally justified who is really right, who is really right. wrong, you know, it's so morally, morally ambiguous, it's so gray that that's, I think, what they wanted to kind of explore with the campaign so it's 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 got a plot, it's deep it's emotional, there's really dramatic moments especially when you start getting attached to these characters, Alex yeah. in particular, I won't spoil it, but he goes on a journey and at the end, I've, I've gotten some interesting comments online about people crying when yeah. they uh, discover his fate. So, yeah. you know, it means we did our job, I guess. Oh, it's it's really it's beautifully shot, really well done. And, and you're absolutely right about the plot, because for me, so I think I tried Call of Duty, one of the earlier on <laughs> Call of Duties. I was terrible at it. My like <laughs> ability to like shoot was like. I could never get past the beginning. And then, and then it was like the multiplayer just get died like right oh, away. And I just alone. was like, I guess this is not my thing. So, you know, we went on off and played a lot of like role playing games and that sort of things. Um, and then, of course, when I saw that you were a part of this and Barry Sloan, who I love as well, um, I was like, OK, I'll give it a shot. It sucked me in from the very beginning. It is such a well done story. It really doesn't feel just like a, not just like a first person shooter, because those are wildly popular, really well done, but it feels, like you said, like a movie. It's so well fleshed out. So when you, I mean, you actually got to shoot with the whole team, you, you know, so what was that like having all the like motion capture stuff and, and like how long did that take to put on? What did yeah. that feel like? Yeah, yeah. For this role, I was, it was full. Motion capture, performance capture, full face capture. Obviously, the voice of Alex is my voice. So Alex is is literally me, you know, except with a big handsome mustache, which was a nice <laughs> kind of, uh, addition that I discovered when they finally finished the character model. Uh, but, yeah, we were in the, the spandex suits, you know, with the covered in all the metallic you know, kind of glowing balls to capture our articulation. Um, we had a helmet rig on that had like this HD camera kind of facing in at our face at all times to capture the slightest movement and twitches and micro expressions in our faces, you know, with the dots on our faces. 
and everything else rigged up with microphones. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting uniform, you know, to wear. <laughs> Usually I'm wearing regular stuff for TV and film, but this was a, a whole different kind of uh, outfit. And Velcro made us stick to ourselves and each other at points, which was always really quite hilarious. <laughs> so I wonder about that because I know, you know, we've talked to other people and they talk about putting on the costume of whatever character, even if it's just a lawyer, that suit or whatever, and it helps you kind of feel that character. But you're playing a guy with a huge backpack and a gun and like camouflage and the big scarf. And then you're like in spandex. Did you find that like a difficult thing to sort of in your mind kind of be wearing all of those things while walking around in a sort of probably somewhat silly looking spandex suit? No, that's a good question. I, you know, the thing about video game making is it, it, it requires you to rely so much on your imagination, which is really fun, you know, as an actor. And, um, you know, when we're on a mocap stage, they would have big, you know, TV monitors and, you know, they would put kind of crude renderings. They're called pre a previs pre visualization. Uh, it wasn't like finished, you know, the setting, you know, the, 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 the buildings, the chopper, the Humvees, everything else, even our characters weren't finished. So they were kind of like really crude 3d models, but it gave you a sense of the world of the space, whether we were underground in tunnels or whether we were like on a military base or even up in the air in a chopper. Um, and we could see ourselves of course there too, you know, we didn't move very much. We just kind of walked around <laughs> like this, but you could kind of see, yeah. ourselves and what we sort of look like, even if it was um, a very much an unfinished product. But I think that was the most fun part about this whole process was being able to put yourself there and imagine yourself in these situations. But we did have the guns, you know, we did have uh, true to form plastic replicas, same kind of weight and gravity to those. So we ran around with those quite a bit, uh, which, of course, certainly helps you get get into the uh, the, the mindset. I am right now imagining Chad running around a studio in his green outfit going Did you actually get to do much interaction with the other actors that were in it with you? I have yeah. no concept of Yeah. Well, uh, you know, to break it down for you, um, we were called in, you know, the actors, Barry Sloan and, and Claudia Dumid, Elliot Knight, Aiden Bristow and all the other supporting players. Uh, awesome. Super talented actors and just a pleasure to work with. But we focus primarily on those beautiful cinematic cutscenes, you know, the things that lead into a mission, the things in between the missions and stuff like that. So that's where they called in kind of the, the, the actor heavy hitters to kind of breathe life. So it was almost always an ensemble. It was almost always at least two, sometimes three, four, five, six characters. And, you know, we just did that little dance. It was like, it was like doing a play, but you know, there's always that camera and your faces so they can go to a close up anytime they want. So those days are really, really fun. That was primarily the stuff that we did. We got called in at the end to do thousands of lines of voiceover to fill in the games because, you know, as a player, no matter what you get up to as a player, you know, if you're supposed to forge ahead with a unit, but you want to go and take a look at this like door, you have to kind of <laughs> build all that sort of stuff yeah. in, you know, in the voiceover lines, you know, when you get hit, when you die, um, when you're shouting commands at people, you've got to do all that stuff voiceover. So we were the, the main cast was responsible for putting together those awesome cutscenes, but you know, it, they also did uh, a ton of work with stunt guys, you know, people that we'd call in and then just have them do the roles, have them do a lot of the other military stuff that you would um, do in the actual game itself. And, and um, 
And so that was, you know, otherwise, yeah, I mean, those would take days and days and days, like any situation that you find yourself in, you know, as the, the, the character from the first person perspective, they would, they would kind of use stunt guys to do all that and let us focus on that kind of ensemble acting stuff. Do you have any idea how many hours you clocked doing voice? Uh, you know, honestly, it, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. And I mean, the campaign itself is only, you know, seven, about seven, I think eight hours, you know, to play through. And, you know, we did about 17 to 20 cinematic cutscenes, uh, And then there was other things that we recorded too, you know, the mission intro and outros that started mm-hmm. as a cutscene, and you'd morph into the character and you'd go off on the mission, then you'd morph out and you'd kind of close that mission down with kind of like a cutscene. So we filmed all that stuff too, the transitional stuff as well. But I probably did like 20 to 25 total sessions over a year and a half, you know, in the suit and, and recorded wow. this stuff. So it wasn't that rigorous in terms of, um, you know, the amount of days that I worked uh, in, in, in that regards. Are they going to be having you go to PAX West or any of these like gaming conventions and things like that? I mean, you clearly are so passionate about the game and I'm a little mad at you because I was perfectly happy to not have to buy it. And now I want to play the dark. My bad. Uh, well, if it makes you feel any better, I will see no compensation for the video game you buy. So. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I would love to. I, you got, you guys know me. I love the convention circuit. Mm-hmm. I love going on them. I've done a handful, you know, once upon a time conventions and everything else. I just love it. I think it's such a treat to inter- get to interact with the fans and have that one-on-one and that personal touch. Because everybody's so lovely and generous online, but it's it's very different in person, as you know. So we are trying to line things up uh, in the the convention world. You know, it's really funny in talking with my appearances people um we kind of all thought it would be a slam dunk call of duty made 600 million dollars in 72 hours and you've got tens of millions of players worldwide and they're playing for billions of hours mostly as alex so we thought like this is going to be great we're going to be doing tons of appearances all next year it's going to be super fun slam dunk right it's just been a little bit like harder to get into these cons than i thought it would be because the response i've been getting I mean, hundreds and hundreds, especially in the first few weeks of, of the game dropping, just the fans went nuts. People yeah. are dressing up as Alex. They're cosplaying Halloween costumes, already doing fan edits, like asking about, will you be in the next game? I cried during the ending. It was so amazing. You're my favorite character. So we had all this great feedback and response. But uh, apparently there's been some cons uh, that have taken some chances on video game actors before, like Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess you know fans didn't really receive them as well really but, i mean a great game but a huge cast and yeah. you know a western that's very genre specific and it's certainly no call of duty in terms mm-hmm. of like 17 years running call of duty has been the biggest like franchise on the planet outside yeah. of like grand theft auto so uh so we're trying to like wedge ourselves in the crack and be like look the response should dictate that we should come and just like hang with some fans because i promise you they will show up and uh and maybe dressed as me yeah (laughs) i hope to do more we've got a couple we're going to go to philadelphia in um april greater philadelphia comic-con we've got a few more that we're we're circling to try and get out to but you know i'm encouraging fans to just tag your local con and let's just blow this up because it's just really you know it's it's call of duty has four leads you know unfortunately red dead redemption 
too had about like 500 characters. So it's like, I get it why people weren't coming out in droves for the Red Dead stuff, as great as the game as that was. But Call of Duty is different. You get attached to these characters and you play as us. And it looks like us, again, with that mustache. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, fans that are listening, if you have a local con, I want to come to it. So let us know which one it is. Let's hit up the promoters. Let's, uh, let's get some FaceTime in. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and put a plug in for Tidewater Comic Con, which is here in Virginia, so right. right by the naval base. So cool. there's like huge military. I'm just saying, uh, if you come, I'm sure my husband could get you a tour of the aircraft carrier that he's on right now. So, oh, wow. you know, and they could probably set up some kind of thing with like the sailors and stuff would be really cool. Uh, so, you know, so if, you, if you make it out to Norfolk, Virginia, Tidewater Comic Con, yeah. we'd love to hook you up with some kind of ship tour. You know, no, you get those tweets flying. I'll get those tweets retweeted. We'll 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 stoke the fires because I'd, I'd love to do that. And, you know, the cool thing about Call of Duty and it's kind of along the lines of doing the sniper movies for Sony is so many current and former servicemen and women play these games. Mm-hmm. They love them. Um, and so it's such a pleasure to kind of represent them in that way and to interact with them as well. And, you know, hopefully, you know, get it right as much as we can to yeah. kind of do them, do them justice. But it, it's it's I'm a big supporter of of our 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 heroes in uniform in that way so it's doubly a pleasure to kind of interact with them about these cool projects that i get to do this podcast is brought to you by tvserieshub.tv your site for entertainment news reviews and interviews now back to the show I know uh, Heather is like dying to talk to you about Christmas Cabin, but I have, I just want to know <laughs> one more Call of Duty question. What is, do you think of the hardest line that you had to nail? And what is your like favorite line that you got to say? Well, the hardest lines, that's an easy answer. We had to, um, I remember I showed up for some voiceover work, at, you know, for the end of the game, just kind of filling in all the gaps there for the gameplay. And the director called me on on set and he's like, ah, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we've got about 50 lines of you dying in various ways. So we'll just, you know, kind of wing it. And so it's like, all right, we need three different variations of you burning to death. And then uh, we're going to need about five different, you know, asphyxiation, dying from gas. And then uh, obviously you get shot and die. We're going to need some of those. And it's like, well, oh, we need like seven death by explosions. And I'm like, it was a, it was a really challenging uh, day. It wasn't a long day, but it was a very intense day. So, I mean, 50, 50 kind of death screams and death knells you know, that you obviously have no personal experience with. Uh, I've tried to figure that sort of stuff out. <laughs> you don't always uh, like to die, Bernie. That was challenging. Yeah. Enjoy. The part of that question was what was the easiest? What, what was your favorite line that you got to say? Oh, the favorite line? Um, well, I mean, the one that the fans seem to be loving the most is, you know, when I simply just say, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of fan speculation out there that Alex might be turning into or is or was a former character from the original Modern Warfare trilogy named Ghost, who's kind of like this badass Snake Eyes character that always wore a ghost mask. He never knew who he really was. So 
So there's like literally videos out there with hundreds, you know, hundreds of thousands, a million views where these gamers are like speculating that Alex is really ghost. And here's why he wore this particular headset. He said that line, which was a callback to Modern Warfare 2 when Ghost said that line to so and so. So they're really digging deep to kind of unravel the conspiracy uh, in that way. So I'll go with um, I'll go with let's do this. Yeah. I love it. I just, I'm cracking up about the death sounds because I'm a terrible gamer and die a lot. And it never, like, I love so much that I got to play as someone who I've met and like talked to, but it never literally occurred to me like I'm listening to you die repeatedly. I don't know yeah. why. And now yeah, I'm going to go back and I work on that end. Yeah. Now I'm going to go back and just be like, I need to get shot on purpose. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could you make an ex sound when you're exploding? Wouldn't you just hear the explosion? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We did our best, but uh, you know, hopefully, those are sounds most players won't have to hear. They're pretty good, right? <clears throat> Fingers crossed. Um, are you still gaming on your own as well? I feel like I remember we touched on that a little bit last time we talked to you. What are you into right now? Yeah, I gotta be honest. I have, I have put down the, the keyboard and the, the controllers. I've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons lately. Um, you know, real life people, you know, I was all sitting around a table, very old school, but, um, yeah, still, I'm still playing War, Warcraft classic when I have the time. Obviously I'm, um, you know, trying to go through the campaign again on Call of Duty and any day now I will be brave enough to start trying to play multiplayer so I can join some of these Twitch streams that I've been invited to by these professional gamers and, you know, just just get my ass handed to me, no doubt, over and over again, uh, really here in those death screens, screens, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I really um, I play a lot of Magic the Gathering online, MTG Arena, you know, but uh, I've been playing a lot of stuff in person, you know, D&D, &D, I'm in two campaigns right now. And um, I just had like a little, I got to brag, I just had like a little minifigure painting session for the first time with my friend, who's a super talented artist, and so she helped me kind of. So cute. Oh my God. It's so well uh, done. That was yeah, the first time so painting. This is my care. Yeah. yeah. Well, she, she gave me what I on the face, but, um, yeah, I wanted to have some red silver armor and, and, and a nice sword, but this is my character in one of the campaigns. He's a, obviously a paladin sword and shield paladin, which is my favorite kind of archetype of all the times. So, um, but yeah, Still gaming, you know, it comes, it's always cyclical, right? When you have time, you, you pour it into a game and then maybe you'd play another game and like you always come back around. Well, now I want to see, I keep seeing these actors that do collabs, you know, um, there's obviously some famous ones for D and D, but now I really want to see you do a collab with somebody. I'm a big D and D nerd myself as well. Yeah. Go in two separate campaigns. Right. <laughs> Jewelry. I can't see it. What is it? Oh my gosh, it's, it's a like you're dice, wearing, yeah, yeah, dice jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, there's a great um uh she's a super talented voice actress named Tara Sands and she runs an Etsy shop. It's called Looped LA Jewelry and she makes all sorts of like nerd inspired kind of jewelry and stuff like that. So I'm always rocking this thing. Um, but yeah, the D and D stuff is great. I hope to, I hope to, to set something up with the group and, and, and live stream it. You know, I really think that would be super fun. We have such a great time playing that it would be awesome to, to take it to the internets and uh, let everyone else see our shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, be a blast. 
Everybody loves Critical Role. I feel like now that it's become a big thing, like we're happy to see other gamers that are fun to play too. Right. You should do that and you should absolutely be streaming with people on Twitch. You're (laughs) going to go nuts. Yeah. I actually just bought a webcam and I'm like, I'm not very good at Call of Duty on the Xbox, but now I'm like, oh, well, I got to switch everything over to PC now if I'm going to kind of Twitch properly. I'm like, oh God, I got to learn this all over again. So I think it's slowing things down, but it's my goal before the end of the year to start to put in the hours there. That's a really hard transition, though. I mean, probably Xbox to PS4, but to go from a game system to a PC is a huge jump. It's very different. I mean, luckily, I've got 12 years of Warcraft under my belt, so I got to I got to believe that a lot of those mechanics would be the same for me. So, yeah, you, you got those nimble fingers flying around the keyboard. You'll be fine. That's right. <laughs> so, so let's talk about Christmas Cabin, which is super cute. Uh, another Christmas movie under your belt. This time, you get the girl, which is good. Yeah. You're not the like sure. womanizing jerk like last year. <laughs> so, what's well, it's only me and her, so you figure I'll get the girl, right? <laughs> it's only me and her, and I didn't get the girl. I'd be terrible. No, that was pretty bad. So. All right. So tell us about that filming. Was it, first of all, I'm always intrigued. Was it actually cold and snowing or was it hot and, and you were pretending it was snowing? I'll tell you what, uh, it's funny because it's this, it's this, you know, charming little good, clean, fun holiday movie, right? That was one of the hardest shoots I had ever done in my career. And like, I, I've done so many action movies and whatever else that have kicked the living crap out of me in like the worst conditions. But this little movie, um, this little indie film that could was was just brutal at times. We were I mean, we're legitimately on a mountain 10,000 feet up. It's called Brian's Head, Utah. Gorgeous, majestic, whatever. But we're we're there in February. Like it's cold. We had to snowshoe in, literally snowshoe into the cabin, a mile in, a mile out, which means trucking all of our stuff in, trucking all of our stuff out. We had like a day or two where we're just straight shooting and filming outdoors in the sun. And if you've ever been in the sun for eight or nine hours on a mountaintop, you know that the light bounces so hard off everything. It's cold, you know, obviously on top of it. But by the end of the day, our eyes were like so bloodshot red. We literally look like vampires. Um, and it was it was, you know, we shot this thing in very few days. I, you know, anybody who's seen it, like there's a ton of dialogue. So yeah. we were just like every day doing 16 pages, 20 pages of dialogue every day. Um, it was um, it was an adventure and it was definitely a, a, a tougher shoot than the finished product would have you believe. But uh, I think it, I, I actually haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I know hundreds of people have been kind enough to reach out and say that it was, you know, just exactly what a Christmas movie needs to be. Just a little bit of romance, a little bit of humor, good, clean fun, all ages, that kind of thing. So I look forward to watching it. And my co-star, uh, Peyton McDavid was, uh, such a pleasure to work with. We had worked on a show called last resort for ABC together years ago. And she called me up and asked if I wanted to come play. And I was like, sign me up. Let's do it. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just say you were in last resort? I was, I was. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I was a character called Redmond. Uh, He didn't last very long. I think I did two episodes and they killed me at the end of the second one or the beginning of the third one. So... Yeah, Redmond, uh, he became kind of a sacrificial lamb character. So, uh, but two weeks in Hawaii. Yeah, okay. No, I, 
I don't. I, I watched that. I don't know. I did not realize that you were in that. Okay, sorry. Back to Christmas Cabin. <laughs> back to you know current work. Uh, what do you think is the appeal for Christmas movies? Um, you know, honestly, I think it's, you know, what I was just saying, it's, it's, it's good, clean fun. You you don't have to sit there and focus, you know, it's not a Christopher Nolan movie. You can be <laughs> down, off in the kitchen. You can let it run while you take a bathroom break or you're doing something else and you, you get the gist. Um, it, and I also think it's something, you know, really, really nice where you can watch with your kids, your grandkids, grandma can be in the room. And I always make the joke that it's, it's nice to do a Christmas movie every once in a while, just because, you know, in the other movies and games that I'm making, I'm blowing the heads off of people. Sometimes I die, you know, they're, it's a little bit tougher and the Christmas movies are nice because no one has to leave the room at any time. They can just enjoy it the entire time. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of puts you in the mood. It's nice. There's a lot of stuff out there. That's, I mean, whether it's news or just the world at large where things could just be slanted so negative. And I think holiday movies are just one of those things that are never going to let you down. You're always going to feel good at the end when you when you sit through it. So it's right in the feelers, right in the feelers. (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing that this Christmas one was somebody that you had already worked with. So there's no issue with um compatibility that's not the word i'm looking for um chemistry chemistry yeah you get to jump right in Mm -hmm. Um, is there any point in time where you actually feel festive when you're doing christmas movies or is it just all work (laughs) uh yeah i mean it's a little weird i've shot i've shot christmas movies in july um The one that I was in last year, we filmed that one like over the summer and had wool coats on in Louisiana in July. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, with the decorations and the fake snow or even the real snow, like it definitely puts you in the mood a little bit. But it, it is always weird um, filming something, you know, about Christmas when it's not actually Christmas. It's kind of like kind of like every day you show up on set and you kind of like are filled with that Christmas like holiday spirit. And there's not really any payoff at the end. It's it's kind of like, oh, well, Santa actually isn't going to come. <laughs> I'm not going to get any presents. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's a strange trip. Um, I feel, I feel, I, I, I totally get that. I feel like if you wanted to do one during Christmas where you get everything, that would be lovely, but there would be absolutely yeah. zero time. Right, right, right. <laughs> Afterwards. I really loved, I'd like to give a little shout out to Christmas Cupid Arrow too, because I just recently <laughs> watched as well and it was so cute thank you that was was fun you know that was for Ion so we got to play a little bit more we got to have a little bit more kind of just adult humor and stuff like that it's still very good clean fun but uh, you know Hallmark has very strict rules on to how they like their movies and stuff like that but uh, uh, Christmas Cupid's Arrow was um, definitely leaned more into the Mm rom-com stuff a little bit more which was a blast to do so is it more fun for you to play like the good guy who gets the girl or like the dick? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got to be honest. Yeah, you pl- playing the anti-hero, I guess we'll just call it that. Uh, the heel, the bad guy. <laughs> okay. It's a lot more fun. Okay. Honestly, there's a lot more opportunities <laughs> to have a lot more fun. You know, I, I think playing like that, that straight edge, straight and narrow lead is the hardest thing to do. I really do. I mean, you look at, you know, Chris Evans playing Captain America, right? I've had to do this in my sniper movies where it's just kind of like, 
you're you're the solid guy and everyone kind of gets to dance around you. They have the fun lines. They get to get wacky. They get to turn out to be the bad guy. You just have to be grounding for the audience so that everyone else gets to dance. And that is a really hard thing to do um, to make it still feel authentic and good and real and, and not boring. And you see that it's hard, you know, and people still complain about Henry Cavill as Superman. And I don't get it because Superman is the hardest of hardest heroes to play mm. because he, he is such a good egg. He's also an alien. The guy wouldn't is never going to make a wrong decision or go off the rails in that way. It's like that. That is hard work as an actor yeah. to get people on board with you uh, yeah. when you have nothing fun to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, an audience. So it's yeah. uh, it's. It's, it's it's an art for sure. I totally get that. It drives the Superman thing. I, I not a huge fan of like the last Batman versus Superman. I, I thought it was it got very muddy. But I think Henry Cavill is Superman. The critique to me is I'm always like he's not supposed to be edgy. He's not supposed yeah. to be like he's supposed to be inspirationally good. That is the point right. of Superman. <laughs> like and yeah. for him to be anything else would be so far out of character that to be ridiculous. So exactly. I'm totally with you there. It's, you know, it's the, it's, it's the internal struggle of, you know, the good guy heroes, you know, it's, it's hard. It doesn't always translate on screen. It's a hard thing to do. Um, it's a lot more fun to be the Joker. It's a lot more fun to, you know, be Batman whose moral compass is going to go right out the window, you know, at, at times to be the Punisher and, and, you know, instead of Spider-Man, it's, it's, you know, I get why actors love gravitating toward that stuff because you get to just go for it. And you're not kind of bound by those rules of like handsome leading man, you know, straight arrow convention. So, yeah, prop, props to those guys who could pull it off. And they and they all do. But for sure, you see a lot more actors wanting to uh, slip on the bad guy mask. Well, I'm glad we get to see you in both for our particular. It's been fun as I've gotten older. Playing these kind of villain roles is great. Like, I feel like I've always had a good run with the heroes. But now getting to play, you know, the dark side of a soldier or, or you know, like in uh, Christmas Cupid's Arrow, playing the guy who's a bit of a he's a bit of a cat. He's a bit of a not so great guy. It's 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 been a lot of fun, really, actually. I've been but you do enjoy fool. Like at first I was like, is he going to turn out to be a creep? And, and then you did, of course, but you had me at first. So I was like, no, maybe he's genuine. He might be genuine. It's possible. Nope. I fooled you. It's <laughs> you a pretty know. face. You're boss. You and your other male uh, co-worker, and I, we were the perfect yin and yang for that one. Casting was just beautiful. Like, you, you know, it was awesome. As Jonathan Togo of, uh, you know, he, he had a long run on CSI Miami. He's a great guy. He was super fun to work with. That whole cast was great. Awesome. Um, so we get to see you in any villain roles coming up. What's well, in the pipeline for us? Uh, <clears throat> any villain roles coming up? Not really. Um, no, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm looking forward to a new year. Um, obviously we've got the Christmas movie out now streaming on Amazon prime video. Um, just kind of really having fun riding this call of duty wave and uh, hope to be doing a lot more convention appearances next year uh, from that. But, um, there's some squeaks and squawks coming from Sony about possibly doing another sniper movie. So we might be having a 2020, uh, Brandon Beckett return, which I hope that, uh, keeps moving forward. And, and, uh, as soon as I can say something, I'll let everybody know. So, um, but yeah, those are kind of the, the, the things in front of me right now. 
Well, we know we have to let you go really soon, but is it all right if I ask um, what it is you're going to? What kind of class are you taking? Uh, class? Uh, uh, did I say class? I thought you said class. Oh, I'm in, uh, I am oh. in a basketball yes. league. Brush out oh, to well, class. Just- <laughs> <laughs> we'll call that class. Basketball <laughs> class. <laughs> we'll blame Siri on that. Uh, uh, Not nailing it today. Yeah. You <laughs> know. Uh, even at this ripe old age, I, I still lace up the sneaks and go and uh, play basketball, pretending to be like 17 again and just going nuts. So it's good. It's good for the soul. It's good for good for good for the actor to get you out of your head and, and uh, just sweat it all out in the court a little bit. Yeah. Hey, I think sports can be just as nerdy as tabletop games. You just move more. I have um, coined a term for myself. I know you guys have your things. Nurks, right? Mm-hmm. Mine is Jerd. Which is a jock meets nerd. <laughs> it's, literally, it's, it's who I've always been. I mean, I, I was that. always kid growing up with small town who played basketball, baseball. But after football practice, I'd be playing Magic the Gathering with my buddies in like the public library with my other set of friends, or I'd be, you know, reading and trading comic books over here, or you know, just nerding out and some with some book in my face, whether it's like a Dragon's Lance book or like The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So I feel like since I've been young, all I've ever been into was sports on one end and nerd stuff on the other. So um, I don't know. Maybe I need to, maybe we need to have a sister podcast called Jerks, not Jerks. (laughs) Not Jerks, Jerds. I'm the Jerd. Jerds of the hub. There we go. (laughs) The Jerks. (laughs) All right, so we'll ask you. I know we asked you this last time. Our our final question is always favorite fan interaction. So so I guess we'll since we asked you that before. We'll ask you specifically then around Call of Duty, your favorite fan interaction. Um, I gotta be honest. The fans have been just nothing short of awesome. You know, and I obviously I I've, I've been spoiled with with oncers from my small, you know, Frankenstein role in Once Upon a Time, and those fans have been amazing to this day still, you know, for for a guy who was in one episode, you know, playing that character, but fans of Call of Duty just blown me away. Uh, I mean, they're just sending me messages all the time. I think one of my favorites was, there's a, he's a streamer, he's on Twitch. His name is, um, or his handle is called Donut Operator. Because uh, I think he was a former cop, farmer SWAT. Now he loves playing first-person shooters. And right around Halloween, which was like a week after Call of Duty was released on October 25th, he had posted a picture of himself side by side with like my character. And he had tried to like rig up the outfit with the scarf and everything else. And he had a mustache. And uh, he wrote Walmart brand Alex. <laughs> it's like close enough. And uh, it was just really great. We actually like got some, um, you know, comments and messages flying around together and uh, struck up a nice little online friendship. And, you know, we're still planning on trying to get together to uh, to stream. He does streams for charities and stuff like that. He's a really cool, cool, cool seeming dude. So that, that's been among my, my my favorite fan interactions uh, in terms of that stuff. So that's great. Well, thank you again. And Chad, we really appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to uh, have a project that's worthy of the NERC's time and hope to, uh, to have another one. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we enjoy chatting with you. And, and and it was lovely to meet you in L.A., uh, I guess, yeah. like about a year ago now. So that was very mm-hmm. nice. And I will say that, like, I know I've seen a couple of your panels that you've done at, at like, 
at least one of the panels that you've done at once convention and you're killing it. You're doing really, really well. And it's, it seems like people are really responding to you. So that's, I really, cool. thank you. That's very, very sweet. I, I just, you know, like I said before, I love mixing it up with the fans. I love having that first person connection with them. I love doing the 45 minute Q and A's and the panels at yeah. these things and getting, you know, wacky questions and sharing just fun stories, um, you know, about their characters, the, 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 the characters that they love. So I don't know. Well, I mean, saw you in LA. How about I come to you this time and we do this, the Virginia convention thing. Yeah. I'm going to definitely tag you and Tidewater Comic Con and, and try to get that going. And then, like I said, if you come and I hope that, you know, maybe, you'd have time if we could set something up on the ship and stuff. Cause I know that there's so many um, of my husband's sailors that, that play call of oh. duty that that would be like, he'd be like the I'd coolest commander on the ship. So Very cool. <laughs> I, I have, you know, it's been really fun. Uh, you know, having some kids or just friends of mine that have kids who play the game, they've all kind of come, you know, you you know, my kid loves this game. No one believes them at school that they're like, I know you or I went to high school. <laughs> yeah. whatever else. And I'm like, what's the, what's his name? Yeah. And I'll just send him messages or I'll send him an autograph <laughs> picture or whatever else, or I'll do a little video so that he can like show his friends. And I'm like, yeah, that kid's going to be king of yeah. the school for the next yeah. like, no, I, I am 37 years old and I've gotten cool points for having interviewed you. That guy uh-huh. that you're playing at, <laughs> yeah. I got. So just so you know, you don't even have to be in elementary school to get cool you know, points. I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, thank you so much, and enjoy your basketball game. Thank you. It's been a while. (laughs) Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye. Thanks for listening to another NERCS podcast. Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter, at NERCS of the Hub, and let us know what you think. 